Welcome to the Monday Mindset Edition of the Own Your Time Podcast, your weekly review of the commitment to owning your time. I am the host, Kyle Marcott, and today on the Own Your Time Podcast, we will be talking about how to analyze real estate investments. This is going to be a brief clip from our webinar last week on how to analyze real estate investments. So I hope you guys enjoy and feel free to listen to the end. We're going to have a free gift that we're going to give out at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned. Omar, so how many times do you need to run the deal on the analyzer? Kind of one time at the beginning, ladder at your due diligence, any other time? Okay, great question. So um, this is kind of an ever evolving process, right? Number one, I want to know, is this even worth my time? So that's what the back of the napkin's for. That's stage one. If it passes that test, then I move it on to a pretty deep dive. And that deep dive should allow me to offer on the property. If it's a good deal, like right now, we just went through that deal. I would offer on this property. I would send an LOI in tonight. So if this was a deal that I was looking at, I would send an LOI on this tonight. I would get that out. And if they came back with some PSA stuff and we signed a PSA, a purchase of sale, and then I went out and I did my unit walks, then I would come back and I would inform my decision on the renovation schedule. Because now that I've walked the units, I know that, okay, we need new appliances in every unit. That's going to cost me $2,000 a unit. There's 128 units, 2,000 times 128. Boom. I know my renovation costs. So now I can plug those in, see how that changes everything. Um, and then maybe I go and I find some negative stuff out. So maybe they have to pay the person 90,000 because the tenants are horrible and they're getting like stabbed or something crazy. And so in order to keep people on payroll, they have to pay them 90 grand. So now my expenses are actually going to be that high. Well, that changes my stuff too. So I go back, I evaluate and I just keep doing this process. I get new information. I come back. I, okay, now I can change this. Does this change the whole deal? Is it still good? Okay, cool. And it's kind of like, it's an iterative process. So you keep going through it. But yeah, great question, Omar. Uh, Kaylin, what are some good examples, uh, example templates when first talking to brokers? I have been getting, I've been having some trouble getting them text back. <laughs> yeah, this is, so I actually have some broker scripts, Kaylin. Um, and if you sign up for a free call, I'll actually give you the broker scripts, the exact ones I use. And that goes for anyone in the call. So if you have a hard time getting brokers to text you back, this is the most common thing ever. And I definitely experienced this at 20. I mean, I look 20, right? There's no getting around it. And brokers would never take me seriously. So I have these, I've designed some scripts that work every single time pretty much. And if you sign up for a free call, I'll give them to you, but I'll also break them down right now because I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, well, you got to sign up for this to get this. Well, no, let me actually get into it a little bit here. Basically, you want to start out with giving them value first. So you want to, number one, tell them your criteria and be concise. Prove that you're someone who can close because the value you can give them is closing on a deal and getting them commission. So you want to, you don't want to come from a place of hesitancy and you want to come from a place of knowing the lingo. So you want to understand, Hey, like for me, I know, I just gave you guys my criteria. Really? Look, I'm looking for 15 or above IRR. I'm looking for Austin, Texas. I'm looking for 1975 build plus I'm looking for 50 units and above. And I want them in East Austin. Okay, great. That guy knows that I'm serious because that's specific as can be. That guy doesn't think, I'm not like, oh yeah, I'm looking for some deals. You know, they're going to be like, oh yeah, you and everybody else, buddy. I get a hundred emails a day. So you got to be specific and you got to stand out and know exactly what you're going to say about your stuff. Omar, in a situation such as COVID, you review this analysis and assumptions and adjust the returns. Absolutely. So the thing with COVID, the, the big assumptions on COVID would be rent growth being negative or zero. So I had 3% rent growth in there. I would suggest probably putting zero in there because I don't really think rents are going to go up with all of this nonsense. Also the vacancy. So I had a stabilizing vacancy in 12 months to from 10 to five. I would probably make that stay at 10% for the whole year, just because 
I think vacancy is going to fluctuate with COVID and unemployment. Um, so I would assume those things. And also I would probably be even more conservative with my exit cap rate. So I know I said 10 basis points a year, which is pretty conservative, but with COVID, I'm not sure markets are going to withstand this for the long term. So depending upon my hold period, I'm holding for five years here. So we may be able to get out of it in five years. So maybe I keep it somewhat similar, but I want to take into account rent growth. I want to take into account vacancy and I want to take into account exit cap. And I want to maybe make them worse because I don't know how COVID's going to do. And that's where the art comes in, Omar, because you know, I, for me to sit here and tell you, I know what's going to happen with this COVID stuff would be a lie. I can only assume the worst and then you know go from there. So Jim Farmer, does IRR take depreciation and cost seg into it, into the calculation? So I don't believe that it does because IRR is essentially, it's the internal rate of return. Um, it definitely does not take, uh, no, I, I know for a fact, I, I don't know why I give you the half answer. It does not take into uh, tax into occasion because taxes are not in, taken in on any of these calculations. And that's a huge selling point for us because these are numbers, these are numbers not even considering that you're saving a bunch of tax. So the reason that we can't uh, calculate the depreciation and cost seg into an IRR, Jim, is because everybody's in a different tax bracket and those depreciation gains or losses for them are going to be very different per person. And so they'll find that out in a, in a form called a K-1. A K-1 is a form from the IRS that gives you your depreciation and cost seg and stuff like that. And depending upon that person's tax bracket and their involvement, they're going to have a different depreciation. So I wouldn't be able to give them a standardized metric. Um, so I can't include that. But basically, you know, if they're if they're materially participating and an active investor, active real estate professional, and everything like that, they're going to get much different tax benefits than the guy who's a doctor, W two. He's in a very high tax bracket and he's not active in the deal. They're going to get taxed differently. So I can't give a flat metric for that. So they're not included. Uh, Maya Allen, I am a broker in NYC. So the better I know how to use this, I can certainly be on board. Yeah, I appreciate you. A well-informed broker is is everyone's best friend. So everybody everybody reach out to Maya. If she's going to be a well-informed broker on the numbers, she's going to be someone everybody here wants to work with. So if you're an NYC uh, and you need a broker, I would highly suggest reaching out to Maya because she's in here trying to learn the numbers, which very few brokers do. I I know very few, I know a lot of brokers who are they're salesmen, honestly. Like, and and there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's a good that's a good profession to be a salesman, but you'd ideally want them to know the numbers pretty well because they're, you know, they're selling an investment. They're not just selling, you know, a thing. So awesome, Maya. I'm super happy you're here and I'm super, I hope everyone reaches out to you because that's so cool that you're here. Uh, Kaylin, how did you become so proficient in learning the lingo? Was it a podcast? Um, so this is a, this is a funny question because there is no uh, magic pill. Unfortunately, I did nothing for about eight to nine months other than read all day, literally from 4:30 in the morning to 10 PM at night, read, listen to podcasts, analyze deals, did nothing else because I don't know if you know my story, but basically when I was 20 years old, I decided to drop out of UC Davis. I was studying neuroscience and I was playing division one soccer out there. And I decided that, you know, real estate was going to be my future because I could control my time. And if I could understand this thing, then I would be able to really control my life, right? Because real estate's so powerful. If I can just understand it, then I can master my life. And so I dedicated my life for literally almost a year to doing nothing but this. And I think you guys can tell because I'm not even thinking, I'm just saying things that come into my head because I know it so well. And so you have to dedicate yourself to a ridiculous level in order to really know the lingo on a big level. So I hope that that helps. I'm sorry, it's not a great answer. Uh, a podcast I'd recommend would be um, shameless plug, my podcast, the own your time podcast. I think it's a great podcast. Um, and then also you have people like Michael Blanc, Joe Fairless. Those are great podcasts as well. Omar, how long does it take? How long did it take to run a full analysis 
Uh, you do it in five minutes, but for a beginner. <laughs> so I don't actually do it in five minutes. I already filled this out before. For a beginner, it should probably take about 45 minutes. For me, I've gotten it to a point where I can do it in about 25 minutes or 30 minutes, but that's really not the, the benefit. When you get more experienced, it's not that you can plug the numbers in faster. It's that I can see an OM, like an offering memorandum and say, yeah, that's not going to happen because I've seen so many offering memorandums that I don't even need to start the analysis because I know it's not going to be a good deal. Like for example, I was uh, in a call with some people the other day, they were showing me a deal in Philadelphia. It was a student housing deal. And so they were telling me all these things about their business plan to change it from a student housing to a non-student housing. Um, and get a loan based on non-student housing. But the thing is you can't get a loan from Fannie and Freddie if you have more than 20% students in your property. And their business plan was to literally just stop renting to students. They're in a college area. And I told them like, dude, you can't discriminate against students. You can't just say, oh yeah, you're a student, can't rent here. You know, that's that's like saying that, oh, you're not a white guy, you can't rent here. It's the same level of, of scrutiny and discrimination. So you can't do that, it's illegal. So they can't stop renting to students and change their property. If it's right near a university, it's going to have more than 20% students. You can't do anything about it. You can't change your business plan. So of course, I'm not going to waste my time entering that into a calculator. So that's kind of the benefit of being advanced is you stop needing to enter it in at all. Matt, do you have any upcoming webinars on raising money? So we just had one last week on Tuesday. Um, if you sign up for a free call, I'll give you all the stuff that I gave everybody last week, which was my pitch deck and, um, and the psychology behind raising money. And to briefly go into it right now, Matt, Basically, when you perceive an individual, you're perceiving them in your amygdala, you're the, the fear center of your brain. It's an older part of your brain because my first inclination is to understand, is Matt going to kill me? Like in a like honestly, our brain's old. So that's my first thought is, is Matt dangerous? And once you establish that you're a safe person for me, then basically I can move into my prefrontal cortex. So my blood flow can come into the front of my brain and now I can perceive numbers and data so people start their pitches with how much money someone can make, but they literally physically cannot perceive money yet. They can't perceive numbers or integers. They can only perceive emotional stories. So we start the pitch with stories and then we move into numbers later. And that's kind of the philosophy behind it. And again, if you sign up for a call, Matt, I will send you the full pitch deck. We can sit down for 30 minutes and I can really dive into the presentation because uh, I, I know you missed that one, but I'd love to, to still give you all the value. Omar, I want to learn more about underwriting. Do you know of any resource I can check, a book, online training? So yeah, Omar, I, I would love to sit down with you for a free call. If you schedule one, I would take as much time as I could with you. And also I have a mentorship program where I talk, I teach everybody literally everything I know about real estate from start to finish. It's about a year long program. We can condense it, whatever you want. We talk a lot about underwriting. Um, so yeah, that would be probably the best place. There's no real books on underwriting. Unfortunately, you just have to talk to someone who knows how to do it and do it yourself. That's really how underwriting gets learned. I wish there was a great book, but there, there really isn't. Um, so yeah, Doshi again, what is your biggest pain point when analyzing deals? So pain point for me is bad accounting. If you look at that T12, that was the best one I could find. And it took me a while to find it. Oftentimes you'll just have people who put things in the wrong categories or the categories are just not labeled well. So you have a hard time understanding where they got those numbers and you have a hard time breaking them out. And when you can't really break them out, you get the totals right, but you don't know where you can improve the property fully because you don't know what line item it belongs under. You just see a total expense and you're like, well, did that come from payroll? Did that come from uh, utilities? Did that come from et cetera? So I, that's, that's probably my biggest pain point. And there's nothing you can really do about that other than ask a lot of questions and do the best you can. When you submit the LOI so quickly, how do you know you can raise that much money and close a deal? Well, ideally, Brandon, uh, you, you should be raising capital the whole time. So that's what the last webinar was about. Um, and I'd be happy to talk to you guys about that if you sign up for a free call. Basically, we can talk about uh, 
how to raise capital the whole time because legally you need a pre-existing relationship anyways. So if you have a pre-existing relationship with this person, you need to be talking to them the whole time. So that's, um, that's, and we're talking about how to follow up with people, how to get them ready for a deal that you're going to do by showing them a mock deal presentation. And we get into that in quite some detail as well. So uh, again, it's a great resource, the free call. I really hope that you guys take it up on it. Um, it's definitely a good, good thing. I'd love to help you guys out if I can. And yeah, here's a link to my podcast. Adam is on it today. Thank you so much, Adam. I appreciate you, man. So there is the link to my podcast. I believe he just made that short link um, on the fly. So I appreciate that. Who's Adam? Adam is one of my uh, team members at Team Kyle Marka. Really cool guy. He's 19. He actually dropped out of Davis as well. Very, really, really smart, hardworking guy. Um, doesn't get paid enough. Uh, yeah, that's the joke. No, but honestly, you don't get paid enough, Adam. And we got to talk about that. So you're doing a really amazing job. Adam is one of my team members. He is uh, pretty much head of marketing, does a lot of the marketing stuff. And um, is just a really cool guy, awesome guy. Talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, guys, I think that that's the question. So I'm going to go ahead and end this. Thank you so much for coming. Um, it's been an amazing time. I really appreciate it. I hope this was valuable. And uh, yeah, uh, really appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Own Your Time podcast, your weekly review of the commitment to owning your time. We want to give you a free gift for listening to the full episode. So take out your phone and text GUIDE2020, no spaces, that's G-U-I-D-E, 2020, no spaces, to 474747, that's 47 three times, to get our new free investor guide. So basically, if you're a new investor, this is going to have all the resources and books you need to get started in real estate investing, and it's totally free. All you have to do is text GUIDE2020 to 474747. Thanks for listening to the show and hope that you can continue to own your time.